As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll identify some Orioles to watch this season. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, March 2nd. I'm Al Melker, and I'm here with Michael Beller and Michael... This is the show we've been waiting for. We get to talk about the team that, according to Fangraphs, has a 0% chance of making it to the postseason. Uh, we're talking about the Baltimore Orioles, and uh, I, I, I hope that Fangraphs is wrong about that. We want all the teams to, to have a shot here. Um, and there's, there's some fancy intrigue on this squad. There is, there is. You know, you and I both we did the uh, the pirate show uh, a while ago. One of our first shows was the pirate show, and they're in a similar boat to the Orioles, but uh, they didn't really have. We were really scrounging to put together fifteen minutes of uh, fantasy relevant <laughs> talk on the Pirates. The Orioles probably not going to make the playoffs, but there's some fantasy goodness to talk about here. So uh, I'm excited to do it. I am too, and I'm also excited that we've got Dan Connolly here with us to, to help us out with all of our Orioles questions. Dan, of course, is the beat writer who covers the Orioles for The Athletic. Uh, so, Dan, really appreciate you dropping in, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. Can't wait to do it. All right. Well, uh, let's get underway then, and let's start with Trey Mancini, who is back in camp and, by all accounts, uh, feeling well and, and looking good. What What is the latest that you have on Trey Mancini? He is back. He had his uh, first game in, in almost a year on Sunday, and uh, his very first at bat, he worked a 3-2 count and then singled up the middle. He did strike out, and he did have a, a throwing error at first base uh, trying to start a, a 3-6-1 DP. But, you know, this guy, and I, I did a huge piece on him, uh, talked to 20 different people, including himself, his girlfriend, his parents, just about this whole struggle and how, you know, he he's now in the comeback, and that, that ran on Monday. and and. Honestly, you know, this guy, if you go back to his struggles, if you go back to, um, you know, when he was in high school and he was not drafted by Florida, I mean, not not recruited by Florida colleges, then he gets to Notre Dame on on a scholarship and he's drafted in the eighth round and he has to fight his way through the minors. This guy's a battler. And so 
you know, he had 35 home runs in 2019. He was the most valuable Oriole. I don't know if he's going, if we're going to see those kind of numbers. He's obviously going to have a little bit less protection maybe as well. But this guy is a battler. This guy does not give up easily. So I wouldn't count him out. I mean, I think if, you know, if you're a fantasy owner and you can get him cheaply, which you should be able to because he's, you know, spent a whole year out, uh, I think you go for it because this guy's got, you know, major power. He turns 29 this month uh, and, and he's a good overall player. He's also going to be playing first base, guys. And I think that's somewhat important because when he was playing the outfield, it was not his natural position. He was forced into that situation in 2017 when he finished third overall in the AL Rookie of the Year voting. And this guy, you know, now he's at his natural position. I, I think he can worry a little bit less about the field. I mean, about, you know, about playing in the field and more about in the box. So I think he's actually a, a really good guy to get cheap and late if people forgot about him. Let's move on to someone else in the uh, order here, uh, Dan, and it's DJ Stewart, who last year showed a surprising amount of power. Seven homers and just 112 trips to the plate. Is this repeatable? Can he be that sort of uh, power guy for the Orioles this season? Well, here's the problem, guys. He had seven home runs last year, right? Six of them came in six games. <laughs> and that's that's not sustainable, as I'm sure you guys realize, or he's going to be pushing 160 this year. Um, here, here's the question with, with DJ Stewart. Can he be consistent and can he get the at-bats? You know, it, it's funny. The, the corner outfields are pretty much taken now. You know, right field is, is Anthony Santander's situation and, and left is the domain now. It looks like of Ryan Mountcastle. Austin Hayes, you know, in the outfield uh, is going to be battling for center field, but he also is going to play some corner. So DJ Stewart seemed like a, a man without a position. And he's not, of the guys I named, he's certainly probably the, the most challenged as far as a defensive player. Now, the Orioles decide not to bring back Renato Nunez, and that frees up some, some DH at-bats. It could free up a lot of DH at-bats. And that might be where DJ Stewart fits in. You know, he's an enigma. He's a former first-round pick. They, you know, they like his ability. They love his eye. He, I mean, he his OBP every year is, is strong. Um, but he's had trouble making contact. He's had trouble making hard contact. But when he does, he can really launch. So this is an important year for him. He still has a minor league option. He could start at AAA. Uh, but I think they would like to see him in the majors. They'd like to see him get a lot of DH at-bats with Mancini, Mountcastle, and, you know, the the enigma <laughs> that is Chris Davis. Um, but, you know, at this point right now, I think Stewart's a guy to keep an eye on. I'm not sure how much playing time is going to be. But if he gets going... Like I like he showed in September, he can really he can really hit the ball far. Well, I want to go back to somebody that you just mentioned as part of that outfield mix, uh, Ryan Mountcastle, because he had a really interesting profile that it was not dissimilar from what he'd done in the minor leagues, uh, being one of the most aggressive hitters in the majors in 2020. Is that something that's a concern that maybe it will affect his ability to get on base, that maybe pitchers can pitch around him a little bit, uh, or is he just going to roll with that approach? He's going to roll with that approach for the most part. Now, you know, there was a concern coming in. One of the reasons, honestly, he did not make this team to start in 2020, he he won the International League MVP award in, in 2019, but he had 130 strikeouts and 24 walks. And projecting that to the majors, that, that's kind of scary. So they kept him down at the alternate camp, and they worked on his pitch selection and his pitch recognition. And so when he came up, he was he was a lot better at that. And I think that that's what they're hoping. Now, obviously, you know, you're going to have some slumps in the, in the, the majors. And if he gets to the point where he's really pressing, then there could be some ugly numbers. Um, can he repeat what he did? 
you know, he still has rookie of the year. I mean, still has status to be a rookie and, and possibly be rookie of the year. You know, he's got great talent. He's still young. I think he turns 24. And, and he's one of those guys that, you know, he has the ability. He's always had the ability. He's always been thought, you know, highly of in the Orioles organization. There's no reason he can't continue these numbers and build on these numbers. It's all about whether he can carry that pitch selection, pitch recognition into a full season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's take a look over into the rotation. John Means at the front of this rotation. And right now, in fantasy drafts and NFBC drafts going back to February 15th, uh, he's being selected just after pick 200. So obviously, not a priority pick, but a guy who is getting drafted in 100% of fantasy leagues. We know that about John Means, and we know largely what to expect of him this season. Is there anyone else in this rotation, Dan, who's going to have a shot at fantasy relevance? I don't know. I mean, I, I will say before I before I go into that, I will say if you can get means really cheaply, you know, late as you say, or or a dollar or two, I think he's worth a flyer because last year he had a very difficult year. He started the season hurt. His dad was battling cancer. Uh, his dad died during the the 2020 season. Um, he really was was kind of out of whack, and then he got it together in September. If you look at his September numbers, I think he gave up one runner or, or fewer in like his last four or five starts. Uh, his velocity picked up too because he's been working with with uh, you know different things you know in the off seasons and such. So I think he might be a guy to keep an eye on. Obviously, the wins aren't going to be there. The Orioles' uh, leading win total last year was three by a pitcher. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really see him wins, but I think the strikeouts are going to come up this year. I really do. Everybody else is a huge question mark. I mean, I would tell you that, you know, Keegan Aiken and, and Dean Kramer are both guys that came up last year and, and looked pretty good at times. You know, they're going to have to prove they can do it for a full year. Uh, you know, Felix Hernandez is an interesting guy, obviously, um, you know, the track record he's got. But he's coming back. You know, he hasn't really, really pitched in over a year, except for last spring in, in March with the Atlanta Braves, which which he pitched well. Uh, he's not the same pitcher, doesn't have the same velocity, and he's going to be pitching in the American League East in Camden Yard. So they're hoping they can get you know several good starts out of him, and then they could move him to a contender, and then maybe he's more interesting from a fan- fantasy perspective. After that, guys, I-, I don't know. I mean, Matt Harvey's in, in the mix here. Uh, Wade LeBlanc, who was not very good last year, is in the mix. They have several young guys. One guy I really do like and, and somebody to keep a mo- an eye on is Zach Louther. He's been kind of under the radar for the Orioles for a while. He's a bulldog kind of guy, um, you know, has a real good mentality, has decent stuff, but really is, is more of a knows how to pitch, goes after you kind of guy. I'm not sure that plays in fantasy this young and in this division, but uh, but he's a guy at least to keep an eye on that maybe he can sneak in and, and do a little bit. 
Um, outside of that, I, I don't really see much. I mean, obviously they're going to be competing. John Means is the only guy who really has a spot here, guys. Uh, as we look at the bullpen here, is this Hunter Harvey's time to just slide into the closers role and, and run away with it? How many times are you going to ask this question in a row, guys? Five years, four years, three years? It's <laughs> Some limit, man. <laughs> Until he's the closer. <laughs> right, right. I mean, he's got everything he needs to be a closer. He's even got the mullet. I mean, he's got everything that you need. Um, can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy and pick back, pitch back-to-back games? Can he stay healthy for a full month? You know, and, and that's the question. And we asked him that again this year, you know, and he, he actually pitched more this offseason than he had in, in, you know, any offseason, really, to try and build up that strength. A lot of the injuries have been freak injuries. So you look at it and say, okay, you know, maybe he's got plenty and it was just bad luck for him. Uh, the, here's the thing with the closer situation. Is the Orioles, because they're not very good and because they're not really playing for anything, they haven't really established that closer. And last year they really didn't at all. And they have two guys in Hunter Harvey and Tanner Scott who I think both could take that role in, you know, if the Orioles want them to. And the question is, you know, will they split it? Will one of them kind of, you know, emerge over the other? You know, I mean, they had Valdez pitching, <laughs> getting getting saved at the end of the year last year. You know, they had uh, several guys that they threw in there. Michael Gibbons was probably the, the, the best closer option last year for him, and they didn't use him at, in, in that role. So, you know, you, you just don't know. I mean, I mean Cole Sulcer is not going to be in the role this year. We were pretty confident in that. But outside of that, we don't know. I would say it's going to be Hunter Harvey and Tanner Scott. I'm not sure which order. You got a lefty and a righty. I know, you know, fancy people like to pull on the right-hander if they, you know, have a chance between those two or a choice between those two. Um, Hunter Harvey is the guy that should be the future closer. Whether that'll happen, whether he'll pitch back-to-back, it all depends on his health. All right, Dan, we got one more question for you here. You don't do the amount of losing the Orioles have done over the last few years and not start to stockpile some interesting prospects. The Orioles have certainly done that. At the top of that list, got Adley Rutschman, Yusniel Diaz, Michael Bauman. Any chance we see any of those guys in significant amount of time this year? The guy I like out of the group is Yusniel Diaz. Uh, he's the guy to keep an eye on more of a – I mean, I, I guess obviously Rutschman is a dynasty guy and a guy that, you know – um, is going to be a real good player, assuming everything goes well for him. I don't think we'll see him this year. He has you know, barely played a- as a pro. He is 23 now, uh, just turned 23 in February. But I think they would like to keep him down for a year for lots of reasons, we'll say. But one of them will be the the physical development reason. And uh, Bauman is a guy, you know, he had a little bit of, of an elbow situation uh, in the alternate camp. He's got a really big arm. Um, some people think he might be a, a back of the end guy, uh, you know, back of the end rotation guy, or uh, I'm sorry, back of the end of the bullpen guy. Um, but right now they're still seeing him as a rotation pitcher, you know, a starter. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I don't know how much we'll see him. I think we probably will see Bauman a little bit. Uh, as far as Diaz, it really comes down to, in my opinion, you know, injuries in front of him. It's a pretty crowded outfield. For an outfield that most people can't name, it's a pretty crowded outfield. They have some pretty good young players. If you look at Mullins and Hayes in center, Santander and Mountcastle. So Diaz has to break that. And probably the only way he breaks into that is if there is some type of injury and, and playing time uh, opens up. But he's a guy, tons of talent, came over from the uh, Dodgers in the uh, Manny Machado trade. He was a centerpiece of that trade. I've talked to some scouts who say that they think he is kind of a spotlight player, that he, he'll be better once the lights get brighter. And so his numbers in the minors aren't particularly great. 
But if he gets an opportunity, guys, I think he's got a chance, a, a real chance. And, you know, if you saw on Sunday, he actually went deep. He, he homered in the game. So I think he's a guy that the Orioles would love to see break sometime, you know, this summer. And, uh, you know, he's never, he's never played in AAA, would have played in AAA, and probably made the majors last year if it were a regular season. So uh, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on, in my opinion. Uh, that is really interesting. And for what it's worth, Diaz has not been taken in any of my drafts so far. So uh, he's out there. He's available. And sounds like there's some potential playing time. So that's uh, very, very interesting. And on that note, we're going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. And also to take the time to fill out our listener survey, just click on the link provided in the show notes. So, uh, Dan, thanks so much for all the information and updates. Um, I, I am a, a smarter uh, Orioles follower for having uh, asked you these questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right. Really appreciate it. So for Dan Connolly and for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Wednesday. Wednesday.